Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Dandy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, live from a submarine near the Titanic, Joey <laughs> No Chill Prano. That's the last place I'd ever be. I mean, those fucking idiots. Jesus. I can't get enough of it, though. Yeah? Are you Are you like, are you refreshing Twitter to find out the... Uh... I, I am, and like, the funny part is I didn't see... I didn't follow it closely enough to my girlfriend said something two days ago. Like I had just like, I never read any. I just saw a headline. I am just like fat. Like there's so many aspects of this. that just like, I would never do it personally. Not in a million years. I wouldn't do it on a proper submarine. I wouldn't do it on a Naval sub. And then you learn that, that thing I don't want to be-, be on. I went on a Naval submarine. There's a, there's a, Aaron space the intrepid which is a you know um whatchamacallit uh, a goddamn what, what's the thing they land planes on the boats why am i why is my brain my aircraft, brain, carrier? aircraft carrier there's an aircraft carrier slash mu- like naval museum in new york and you can go on a sub outside i was on that sub for three minutes I was like get me the fuck out of here claustrophobia yeah, and I'm not even like specifically cross claustrophobic or like especially, but I was just like, nah, not underwater. It's nuts to me, and it's nuts. And then, like, just obviously, you just keep learning more and more. I and then I, you know, I'm sure everybody knows this. And then you learn that the thing's being controlled by a like a PlayStation controller. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what? Wait, a video game controller is what's Making this thing go, and and you know you read more about the CEO who just cut all these corners, and you're like, what? You cut corners going thirteen thousand feet under the water, and people were still like, here, take quarter of a million dollars for this. Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh yeah, I am curious how they died though. I'd rather die in an explosion than the oxygen deprivation can you imagine that yeah well most of it's most people think it was an implosion like from within yeah just like a fucking you know half a second like implosion collapse of the thing they're they're they've either been dead for three days or they like it never went down there in the first place and they went out of fucking range and they turned off all their shit. And like in five days, we're gonna be like, we're back. Oh my God. It was so scary. We were living in the Titanic. Well, they found, I saw the coat. The latest is the coast guard found some like debris in the area. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see about that. I yeah, don't but believe, but I don't believe even, any stories till it's confirmed. Even if they had never went down, they don't have oxygen. That's what's so what's crazy about this is that somebody has to open the contraption. Right. That's what I'm saying. But they say they could be floating on the surface somewhere, you know? And in that case, they would need oxygen? Yeah, because they could open the hatch and get oxygen. No, but I don't I don't think they can open the hatch, is what I'm saying. Oh. 
I could be wrong. I, I thought that like literally, this is why it's so crazy. Somebody like closes them in and somebody has to open them out. So they're dead. A hundred percent. Yeah. My point know. is there. I think they've either been dead for days or this is all a scam. Like the, the this the, a a pre planned disappearance. Mm, coming up with a little conspiracy here. No, I, that's not. I think they are dead. I'm just saying it's one or the other. They're not stuck down there banging on the side of the fucking thing. At the, like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But like, I just I, again, I don't understand. Like, why would you? If you're cutting corners. You're just saying I want to risk death. Also, it's a 20 inch window. I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things I'd want to do or places I'd want to see, especially with history. The thought of going underwater to just see the Titan. I don't know. Look, it just doesn't do anything for me. Like, do I want to see the Great Pyramids in Egypt? Yeah. Like, that'd be fucking awesome for me. Stuff like that, I would love to do. I don't know. Going underwater. 13,000 feet. For some reason, I knew this morning as I was making my coffee, I was actually thinking about, I'm like, Ruther's going to be obsessed with this submarine story. I felt it. I felt it in my bones. Somebody called me autistic. I, me, I was like, I, I heard about the story. I was like, there's no, there's no good billionaires except dead billionaires. Bye, bitches. <laughs> well, it's, it wasn't all billionaires. Like One was like a Titanic expert who's made multiple dives down there. And I'm thinking like, yeah. well, why are you going? No, but I was about to say, somebody called me and I was laughing. They said, Ruther's obsession with trains is just confirming that he's autistic. Yeah. That like, I just, I see something and I just like stick to it. OJ jokes are still funny for the record. There's a prime example. But I don't think I'm autistic. That's a broad spectrum, though, man. Exactly. Right? I feel like everybody tosses that out now. Like, I think he or she might be autistic. Like, if somebody's just a little odd, everybody just says that. I wonder what percentage of athletes are on that spectrum. The autism spectrum? Somewhere? Like, I wonder if it's higher with athletes, normal, like average or lower. Jameis Winston threw the roof on autism. No, just dumb. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not autistic. <laughs> not autistic. Just an idiot. Uh, NBA draft tonight. Yeah. Some trades are already happening. We had a, a, a big Will one. you watch the draft tonight, Andy? I'm actually doing a, a float lab tonight. Oh, wow. Is this your first Cincinnati-based float lab? It's my second, but I wanted to get back to it. I love I love that you did a whole thing on the insanity of doing the submarine thing. And then you're like, but I'm going to go do a fake submarine uh, tonight where they immerse me in water and there's no sound or oxygen. It's going to be good for my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Fucking rain man over here. <laughs> a little different. I can, op I can open that hatch, man. Sure, sure. Although I've, al I've always said I, that's a great that's a great horror film. Where people get trapped. It's kind of maybe, I don't know, similar to something like a hostel or something, but people get trapped in a float to, be, you know, sleep deprivation or a uh, sensory deprivation device. Anyway, so I will not, that, that is an 8 p.m. appointment I have tonight. 
Okay. Eastern time. Thank you. So luckily the float lab, they shut off the lights in there. Otherwise it'd be hard with all the daylight. You know, we got a call about this. People are like, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to play. I know we have a lot of sports to get to, but like it's classic dirty sports. People get worked up over uh, what I would deem just ridiculous shit. Hey, dirty sports. I'm five minutes into the most recent show. And I just realized that Ohio is on East Coast time. I'm in Colorado. What the fuck? <laughs> Whose idea was that? Ruth, you're wrong, man. That shit's central. Fuck you. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then I sent Prano, for anybody watching on video, I sent Prano this. This is last night at 9.02, walking Roscoe and Isla. This is it 902? I mean, it's 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 noon, son. You live in Alaska. I mean, look at this. 902 p.m. last night. Nothing, nothing about night during this walk. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. What is it? What time does it start tonight? Eight o'clock Eastern? Probably. I imagine. It's really. I mean, listen. As a uh, as a not college basketball fan. I also don't keep up with the G League or any of the Euro Leagues. Um, there's only so much excitement for me. And I haven't even had to dig in like the late in the draft. The Knicks have zero draft picks. No first rounders, no second rounders. Um, so I haven't even dug into like, oh, who's going to be available at 16, at 20, or whatever the fuck that, you know, that wherever the Knicks would pick. Um so really, all all I'm sort of up to date on is obviously the one pick is locked in, uh, Weminyama to the Spurs. In fact, I think I saw a guy bet sixty thousand dollars on Weminyama to the Spurs to win three hundred dollars. That's no. how yes, that's how locked in it is. Um, and then the next two, you have Charlotte, and apparently. Michael Jordan's final act as like a fucking disastrous owner executive because he gets the final say on this pick. I mean, th th that's incredible. I mean, even if it's not his team anymore, like even if it was, even if, even if they weren't doing this, Michael Jordan shouldn't have say on the, like how many years do we have of Michael Jordan just not getting it right? Um, so we have Charlotte at two and Portland at three, uh, Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. Uh, you know, obviously a bigger wing in Miller and a shorter but hyper-athletic guard in Scoot Henderson. That's kind of the news that I'm aware of. Like, th those are the only guys that I've done any sort of research on because, you know, uh, a Scoot Henderson falling to the Blazers could trigger a Lillard deal or could trigger a deal for that pick. Um the consensus seems to be that the safer pick is Scoot Henderson to the Hornets. Um, but, you know, Michael Jordan could just make a Adam Morrison pick as well. Did, did you see what uh, I'm going to I'm going to get this here real quick. Did you see what? Brandon Miller said about his goat. Uh, he said, 
Paul George. Is that right? So I have I have this. I just downloaded it. Where did I put it? Okay, here it is. You said you were wearing black and red at the draft, right? Jordan wore black and red as a member of the Bulls. Here's my question, unrelated to that. You're young. Older people, young people often have this LeBron and Michael conversation. I'm not going to ask you who's the greatest because that's old. But because you've been in Michael's presence and because you grew up liking LeBron, as a young person, do you feel like that conversation is just overdone? No, because I, I actually don't uh, think LeBron is, you know, the go to basketball. I think my go to basketball is Paul George. And, you know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. That's it. I mean, listen. What, what like does he understand what the term goat means? I don't well, know. so if I'm like to dissect this, is this some sort of I don't want to say LeBron because the two pick is, Michael Jordan owns the two pick? How, I mean, how do you say what does that even mean? Paul, Paul George, George, Paul George is the goat of 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 what? <laughs> I grew up watching Paul George. Okay. Where the fuck is Brandon Miller from? Oklahoma City, Indiana? Somewhere between those two places? Like, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it doesn't even make, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That makes zero sense. He's from greater Nashville area. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. It feels like he's either just doesn't know. I mean, obviously he doesn't know what the goat means, obviously, but either he's just either he wants to say somebody that he grew up watching, but he doesn't want to say LeBron because Michael owns the two pick or he's just like, you, when you say goat, you mean my favorite guy. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I saw well, some dirt ball tweeted like this. This is more offensive than somebody using, you know, the gun that he had that was used at a murder. Which is kind of like nobody's talking about. A lot of people are talking about. Are they? Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not I'm too big in this Titanic thing. I don't know. I don't know anything else. I got autism. I don't think he knows what it means, though. We weird, weird take though. I don't know. But like the main thing that's happening are these trades, which that's yeah. always the big deal with the draft. So Przingis to the Celtics, Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, which probably is a win for both teams. And then the Wizards get a bunch of players, Tyus Jones, Gallinari. Um, seems like they're just trying to get rid of payroll, right? Yeah, but... I, to me, this is the, the steal of the century for the Celtics. First of all, it was so I'm so sad when I heard that the the final details included Gallinari leaving. We were so close to a Perzingis Gallinari pairing on a team with a coach issue with a with a suspect coach. I was like, give me Mike D'Antoni. I'm a fucking Celtics fan. D'Antoni Gallinari Perzingis Gallinari out in the deal, but. When you look at it, 
The Celtics get Porzingis and two first rounders, albeit late first rounders, for essentially Marcus Smart going out. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, I I just to me like an absolute steal of a deal. Obviously, Porzingis has been injured, but like he played really well last year, had his highest scoring season. Um, he's absolutely you know a game changer if he's healthy for that Celtics team, Marcus smart, like, okay, Memphis, the idea is what, like a veteran guard to like be in the locker room and tell your star player not to whip a gun out. Like, I don't even like, it just really feels like the thinking behind this for Memphis is some guy, some like dipshit in their front office with like a magic eight ball full of like cliche, terms and being like you can't put a price tag on veteran leadership it's like marcus smart's a a, a fine player and a guy that you I mean, just won defensive player of the year a couple of years ago and just 2022 and was suspect this year defensively um yeah but like a fine player and maybe a guy you want on the floor for defensive purposes in the crunch time but like in my opinion Unless your team is absolutely fucking stacked, and I mean stacked, like I, I'm talking, you have, like if you're the the Nuggets, or if you're if you have, you know, if you have a, a lineup like the the just the front the first line for the Suns, you know, you have a Durant, a Booker, a Beal, a Aiton, like to me, you're not a championship team if Marcus Smart starts in your backcourt. Like I just don't think he's a he's a starter on a championship team. Well, it depends on the team. Yeah. Okay. So if we have some sort of all star lineup, then you can have some Rondo defensive player in your starting lineup. But like, I, I'll say I said it throughout the playoffs. I said it throughout the thing. Like to me, a big issue with this Celtics team is like all the creation goes through Jason Tatum and you have a point guard. Who's like not a facilitator whatsoever. It's like, I think that they would have been, I think a fine deal in terms of what they're trying to accomplish in Boston would have been Marcus smart for an actual facilitating ball handling pass first point guard, but to get Porzingis and two first rounders, I think this is an absolute. I just think they they this is an absolute steal for Boston. And sure, okay, maybe it like works for um, Memphis, but like, did did Memphis like? Not that Dylan Brooks is a um, you know a, a defender on the level of Marcus Smart or a veteran or has the playoff, thing, but it's like, isn't that a similar role? It's like, oh, you got this like defensive whiz who doesn't really bring that much offensively. Like, is is Marcus Smart a game changer for the Grizzlies? Like, I don't think so. Not nearly as much as a potential healthy Perzingis is for the Celtics. Yeah, well, look, I the interesting thing is always how it works. So, like, if you look at the Celtics, you have Perzingis, Jason Tatum. Does this mean they're going to move Jalen Brown now? Right. Because he's up for like a big max deal at this point. 
So I don't know. But I think Perzingis and a couple of late first rounders works no matter what you do next. I just think this is a great move for them. Yeah. I don't know. But like the the thing with the draft is it's all it's all trades, right? Like like I, I don't know enough about these guys. You probably don't either. But what the big thing about this, and I feel like it's kind of turned this way in the NFL as well. Like the draft is more about who are we trading and then how, how we're using those picks. Right. Now I forget. Did they, did they do both rounds tonight? Yeah. That's what's great about the NBA draft. It's like yeah. two rounds, they done. Right. So. I don't know. You gonna be watching it? I I will be probably watching. I mean, it'll it'll certainly be on in the background somewhere. I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do a dirty slides with Laz this afternoon, and also I'm gonna play some poker tonight. Got a poker game at our boy Dave Briggs's place, so um, you know I'll make sure it's on in the background. Yeah, I. Uh... What was I going to say? I saw this thing about the law student. And this is one of my favorite stories. Have you seen this? The what? The law student. Oh, yeah. I saw this. And, you know, Andy, this is uh, this is something I did in high school, sort of. I called uh, ESPN and was like, hey, I feel like you guys should know this dude's announcing for the draft. <laughs> And they called my uh, somebody from ESPN, some like fucking PA called my the our school's athletic director, and they were like, he plays like seven minutes a game and averages like a point and a half. Like okay, you is, call like like this, this is really dating yourself. You called ESPN, yeah, called Bristol. First called four one one, and got the fucking first called like whatever the uh, information used to be. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, this guy found a loophole. He's a law student. His name is Jordan Haber. And he's been, I was watching. He's been posting some stuff on TikTok. He made a bet with his friends to make it to the NBA draft. He said on a May 18 TikTok. And he found loopholes. Now, he's played no basketball in college, high school, or middle school. And I guess he found the loopholes and he's going to be. But I bet he has very strong opinions on the internet of who the goat is. (laughs) I have a feeling he's a Jordan goat guy. So, okay. There's 300 people eligible for the draft. He's one of 18 that is in the unknown individual category. Dude, I mean, this is amazing. He did this. He's documenting it all on YouTube. Like, I don't know, man. It's like, I didn't fully read into it enough, but like, it's crazy to think that you could just show up to the draft and qualify. Yeah. I'm kind of jealous. No lie. Like, I want to go to the draft. Where is the draft? It's always in New York, right? Is it? I don't know. Like, they they haven't started moving around the draft these days in in basketball. 
Barclay Center. Great. So Brooklyn. Yeah, they're not going to move that around. The NFL is just trying to like capitalize on all the dipshit NFL fans. I mean, sorry, NFL fans are the only ones who we've talked about this, who are going to travel. Do you see NBA fans? I don't see NBA fans traveling as much. They're just NBA like, yeah. fans just do it on their Twitter. They're, they're just like, yeah, dude, there's only two rounds. I'm not putting on face paint of the Pacers. I'm not showing up in a Roy unless, of course, jersey. Unless, of course, you're Brandon Miller, and then you might have your Pacers Paul George face paint on. <laughs> I remember being there when he was drafted. He's my goat. He's a goat at getting injured. I, I like. I don't know what he wants. But yeah, that's that's a pretty wild story. Do you think? Uh, let me ask you in terms of like draft slash trade questions. Uh, by the end of tonight, uh, do you think Zion Williamson is a Pelican? Well, not according to Bill Simmons. Well, Bill Simmons said he'd be gone by today. True. But, but also, yeah. I mean, uh, like, did that mean today, tonight? Yeah. So do you think Zion Williamson is a Pelican at midnight Eastern tonight? No. Okay. Do you think Dame Lillard is a trailblazer at midnight Eastern tonight? Yes. Okay. So that porn star is threatening to release the sex tapes. of Zion. Hell yeah. Let's go. Listen, the guy hasn't been on the floor a lot lately. These, this is may as well be combine video. I need to see his athleticism. I need to see him. Unless he's doing the fat kid at, at the pool and fucking with his shirt on, I need to see what are we working with here. Before I, If I'm an executive, I need to see the tape before I trade for him. Is he sweating during this? I mean, he's supposed to be an elite athlete. Is he breathing heavily during a sex tape? If he is, I don't want him. Conditioning, get the fuck out of here. There's absolutely no way that when Steph Curry fucks Aisha Curry that he breaks a sweat. Zero percent chance. Not a drop. Zero. Zero percent chance. Bone dry. Bone dry. Steph Curry's running around fucking screens all day, just running in circles. Yeah, but hold on. But sex warm, is different. Warm, no, it's not. Eh, you know, you breathe like the, you know, top of somebody or, I mean, I don't know. Although sweat, yeah, like sweating is like intense sex. That's what I'm saying. If Zion Williamson has a glisten on him, I want nothing to do with him. I'm sure he does. I know there's food by him, too. Oh, you think he's going to Costanza? He's just, like, eating a cheeseburger? I think there's food remotely close when he finishes. Like, there's a big Jersey Mike sub or something on the nightstand. Or like He's in New Orleans. I, I, I hope to God he's not eating Jersey Mike's, and I love Jersey Mike's. I don't know. There's a big, big bull at, you know. Jambalaya. Yeah. Crawfish. I don't know. I don't think he puts forth much work in sex. Oh, we're getting we're getting some comments here. 
Knicks and Clippers have had contact about a potential trade for Paul George per Ian Bagley. I I don't hate it, but I definitely don't love it. It, it, like to me, every potential Knicks trade um, is a matter of what we're giving up, obviously. But like the Knicks need to do something. And I think the Knicks certainly have a, a hole at like the shooting guard, small forward wing position where, you know, uh, obviously I, I, I don't want RJ Barrett leaving. Honestly, I, I like, I like RJ Barrett in a starting role for the New York Knicks, but I think you need to have like, if, if the starting lineup is, you know, Brunson and Paul George and Randall and Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, like, yeah, the Knicks are certainly better than they were last year. Um, But if you're giving up an RJ Barrett or you're giving up a quickly, or you're giving up any sort of future firsts, Um, I'm not sure I love it. And to me, I think if the Knicks are talking about these, these like big swing deals, I've, I've heard a lot of Aiton talk, which I also don't necessarily dislike. Um, to me, I'd love to see Randall get the fucking like, dude, if Aiton is available and you know, the, the Suns are going on some sort of all offense kick, because they couldn't stop Denver anyway. So we're just going to go high-powered offense, Beal, Booker, Durant. What do we need a center who's like, you know, 16 and 10? Like, give me a, like, fine. Take Julius Randle. But I kind of don't love all these Knicks conversations that involve, like, youngins and draft picks. Now, if the youngins are Obi Toppin, who I like, but you know, hasn't really made the leap or Mitchell Robinson, who I like, but isn't a top, you know, 12 center in the NBA. Um, that's a different story, but like quickly was in the running for six man of the year. Barrett, I think is going to be a, you know, could be a great solid starter on a team that's loaded around him, you know, um, so it's, it's all a matter of who they give up. I don't hate this Paul George thing. I mean, it'd be nice to get the goat into the starting lineup. What, what better place for the goat to play than Madison square garden? I mean, like, where is he at though? At this point in his career, you know, like these guys, I don't know. Well, listen, the thing about Paul George, as much as he's had his own injury issues and playoff P and all this stuff is like that is like the Clippers are a playoff team with Kawhi missing most of the games for the last couple fucking seasons. Like Paul, Paul George just does a good enough job of like carrying a team. Like that's the difference between when we talk about like these guys who, you know, Bradley Beal, for example, it's like, oh, you're a star. How come in the how come in Washington you can't sniff a playoff appearance? You can't even fucking sniff it. Like, sure, the Clippers have a better roster, but like, Kawhi's been hurt. Like, who are the who are the guys on the Clippers that you're like these guys are fucking leading them to the playoffs? Like, it's Paul George. Yeah, 
No, I know. I don't know. I just like, you know, I, I think I think back when he was like in his prime in his goat years, as Brandon Miller would say. I mean, that was that was those those Pacers heat rivalry, Eastern Conference final days. I mean, what was it, ten years ago? Yeah. The thing with a guy like Paul George and uh, who was I just thinking about this? Um, I'm trying to think. There was another player that was recently they were talking about moving. And it's like, well, for, first of all, like take take the Paul George to the Clippers deal, for example. Like if the Clippers could get in a time machine, they'd take SGA back in a second. You know what I mean? Like uh, obviously the the Paul George deal is part of the deal that gets Kawhi Leonard there and whatever. But like, how did that work out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have not competed for a championship. Um, so like, I get, you have to take these big swings, but when I, when you talk about like a Paul George to the Knicks, right. The Paul George makes the Knicks better in the immediate, but it, let's say you give up a guy like RJ Barrett who will never peak out probably to the way Paul George once peaked out. But I think in the next three seasons, RJ Barrett probably peaks out to higher than Paul George does in the next three seasons. Interesting. So it's like, I just hate the idea of, of the move that is short term. And then if you don't get it done, it does hurt you in the long term. Like I, I don't want to see a guy like RJ Barrett get moved for a Paul George. Yeah. Now, if, now, if, now, if the Knicks are giving up draft picks and Evan Fournier is expiring and Obi Toppin or whatever, then it's like, okay, I can stomach that a little bit more. If Randall gets moved, I'm, I'm, I've, I'll be the South Park covered in jizz meme. Good meme. All time meme right there. You hate Julius Randle. I've always hated Julius Randle. And, you know, sorry for being right all the time, guys. I know it's pissed off a lot of Knicks fans. Well, it'll be interesting. It always is. Do you think, let me ask you something right now. The reaction of the Perzingis deal. Do you think if Julius Randle got moved to a team like the Celtics or the Suns or something like that, people are like, ooh, or are people just like, mm, whatever? Like, don't forget, the Knicks traded Perzingis to free up two max spots so they could get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who went to Brooklyn, who are both gone. They got neither. They got Julius Randle and six other small forwards in that offseason. Six other power forwards, really. I don't know. It's funny. Gibson and- I, I know the guys on TNT were like, they were really rating Randall high in the playoffs. And I thought that was interesting as far as just overall as a player. Yeah. They're wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I think Julius Randall might have like the worst playoff shooting percentage in history over like a certain amount of attempts. Yeah. That's not good. Well, it's literally the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Uh, not going to be working here anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
it's it's like uh it's an interesting draft because you know outside of the number one pick it's kind of just like it's not one of those years where you're like you know it's those top three you know it's what I'm those, saying? exactly it's, it's those top three you're just like man this is a loaded class we uh we got a baseball call great is it about your reds i think part of it might be have you uh, have you like tuned in are you watching on tv are you checking box scores these days bandy i'm checking, andy. Bo- I'm checking box scores okay is he slowly pulling you back in i can't watch games cuz i don't have whatever shitty valleys cuz i don't have the local cable here i have youtube tv i mean look here here's the thing which i always say it's like you can hate the ownership, but like I, I, and I, and I was on record saying this, like I felt bad for the players last year, right? Like when you're, when you're number two says that you're just like, dude, what does this leave us? Well, what is, where does this leave us? But you know, they got some fun young guys. I, I, you know, I've been watching the, the, the like clips on Twitter. Right. I mean, they won 11 in a row. Yeah. They were leading the central. I know. That De La Cruz is fun to watch. I'm not to the point to go to a game, though. Unless it's free. Like, if somebody's like, I got tickets, or, you know, one of those things. Stolze's going to be in your DMs within minutes. Like, <laughs> Ruth, we're going to a game. Ah. <laughs> uh. Why do these owners all have to be such assholes? No good billionaires except dead billionaires, Andy. These guys aren't even billionaires. That's the thing. Hundreds of millions. No good, no good owners. That, like, listen, if you're a billionaire, if you're I should say if you're not a billionaire and you and you own a baseball team, like get out. It's not the it's not the game for you, man. Exactly. And that's the problem. Sell it to a billionaire. And go uh, take a fucking submarine to the to the Titanic. Yeah, man. All right, so this is the call. What's up, guys? It's Trice from Missouri. Um, I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on how the baseball season, the MLB season, is going this year? Um, you know, like Andy mentioned, the Reds are doing well. Um, the Diamondbacks are winning games. Every single team in the AL East has a winning record. Um, and do you think that at some point they will maybe change up the divisions a little bit just because of how the AL East is going? I know, obviously, that's a pretty historic division. But the um, Red Sox did just sweep the Yankees, though, so that's great. Um, anyway, yeah, what are your thoughts? Stay dirty. Well, that's never going to happen. I don't think they will switch up the divisions. The only thing I think could lead to a division um, realignment situation is if baseball expands again um, and they adjust it somehow to, to suit that. But I don't think they're breaking up the AL East just because five teams like that shit comes together. The Orioles were so bad for fucking so long. Like we're, we can't act like, Oh, the AL East is this division that just constantly dominates. Um, First of all, uh, let me say 
for somebody who wants our thoughts, uh, Andy Lazarus and I have a penciled in uh, dirty slides this afternoon. So we can get a little bit more in depth for that. I want to toot my own horn. Obviously, um, first, I'll take a punch to the gut. The Mets are, the Mets are fucking terrible. Um, I've talked about it on this show before. I'll get into it a little bit more in depth on Dirty Slides, but I'm a huge Buck Show Walter fan, and I think the guy should be fired because what the fuck are we doing here? But I'll toot my own horn in two teams that I said um, randomly that I thought could be um, troublemakers in divisions where people sort of counted them out were the Marlins who are in second in the NL East and just a couple games back and the Diamondbacks who are leading the West. I just thought um, both of them young, scrappy, uh, a, a big, you know, big teams in both their divisions, whether it be the Mets or the Padres, the Braves or the Dodgers who everybody's like just pencils in to do really well. And I thought, you know, both of those teams um, were teams that could make noise. Now we have, uh, a couple of other teams. I mean, the, the giants, uh, are playing very well right now. We'll get the Andy Lazarus breakdown on that. They're, I think also ahead of the Dodgers. I think it's, uh, Diamondbacks, yeah. Diamondbacks, Giants, um, Dodgers, and then Padres, um, Texas, uh, with, you know, with the Grom going down, um, not really like, not really like a shocker team, um, but I think a lot, I don't think a lot of people saw them being this good. Um, they have obviously spent the money to be good the last couple of years. And Bochi, as we talked about a few episodes ago, uh, when we got a call in about what was differences, I think a, a huge difference maker. Um, I think it's going to be a crazy baseball season. I think there's a lot of teams that are like overachieving. And then the question becomes like, if you're a Florida or if you're a Arizona or if you're a Cincinnati and you're maybe playing a little bit above your head right now, are you taking these big swings at the deadline to try to add some guys like the baseball is crazy. And really it's just, you know, you get, you get a starting pitcher, you get a, a, a little bit of help. I mean, there's a lot of talk like, is Otani getting moved at the deadline? Like there's a lot of big names out there that could potentially circulate, but it'll be interesting to see which of these teams that are sort of surprise teams uh, try to make a move. And also what happens with some of these teams, for example, my Mets um, that obviously have uh, high expectations and are underachieving how they handle um, coming down the stretch here. Uh, uh, toward the toward the trade deadline, um, so yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting um, to see who does what, because I think there's a lot of teams that could convince themselves that they're contenders. It's just such a long season, man. Like that's what's tough for me at this point. My baseball fan, it's like 162 games. We're not even halfway done. Like like. Here's my prediction. Reds do not win the division. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not, you're not really going out on a limb there. Well, I know. I'm just saying like like they don't have the pitching. Um, but it but I it's mean, crazy. I, I love by the way, I love this. This Ruther curse. 
Reds do not win the division. They do win the division. Andy sitting front row in his Sabo goggles with his face painted full bandy Andy. We're back, baby. I mean, it is crazy. Like, there's not a winning team in the Central Division in the American League. Yeah. Not not a winning team. Yeah. Like, this far along in the season. You never see the Cardinals be bad. Like, the Cardinals are in last place. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things where you're just like, I never see this. Did you see what Rob Manfred said? About? He's such a boner. Like, he's definition of boner. Total boner. Headline reads, Rob Manfred says, granting Astros immunity, not my best decision. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I did not see that. That's amazing. This just came out this morning. That's full boners to bone. Uh, total boners to bone. So he did some long, long interview. Right. With Time? Time Magazine? What? Is it still a thing? Am I reading this? Yeah, Time. So he did a long interview with Time Magazine. Shout out to Time for still making it. Anyway, he said, uh, what did he say verbatim? I got to pull this up. Yeah. It's, that's literally what he said in quotes. Not my best decision. Well, no shit, dude. But But he's also making excuses. Once we gave players immunity, it puts you in a box as to what exactly you're going to do in terms of punishment. Yeah, that's why you don't give them immunity. I might have gone about the investigation, investigative process without that grant of immunity and see where it takes us. Starting with, I'm not going to punish anybody. Maybe not my best decision ever, in quotes. (laughs) Although, maybe not the top 10 worst decision ever. The guy's got a lot of them. As I mean, as far as far if you were putting together a highlight reel of bad fucking decisions by Rob Manfred, that's a that's a long that's like the that's like the Michael Jordan Hall of Fame induction highlight reel. That shit could go on for hours. I you know, people like the shorter games though. They do. It's gr- good for people. I look, I I don't really care. But I just I do find it interesting that people get mad when you say like, hey, I just had this conversation with some people the other day. I was, I was like, dude, it's so much better. Go to a game. I was like, well, I haven't been in one. Like, Go said, to a game. Wait, they prefer the shorter game in person? Yeah. That's a horrible take. That's a horrible. T- that's the worst. That that like that was like Rob Manfred with a horrible take. Hold my beer. Hold, you, you prefer a short. So this is somebody, you know, in Cincinnati. Yeah. They're going to downtown Cincinnati. See, they're this fucking. My, they're getting this, up. They're going. This to is like, my DNA. This is my sibling. This, so they're going down to the Johnny Bench parking garage or whatever, and then they're making their way across the fucking river, and then they're doing the fucking thing, and then they're getting there, and they're like, "Can't wait for this to be over." My response was, "It's only twenty-seven minutes shorter," and the response was, "Yeah, I get home half an hour earlier, and I well, got to work." Don't go. I got to work tomorrow. You don't have to. You don't have to get home at all. Oh, dude, the uh, like, listen, if you're a baseball fan like me, where you throw a baseball game on every day and watch it at home and, you know, you put it for me, the Mets games come on here at four, like, oh, they're over at 630 now instead of seven. And sometimes it drags on past that. Okay. 
you can convince me that if you're an everyday baseball watcher, that in the long run, yeah, oh, it's, it's 27 minutes shorter, but that saves you however many hours slash days over the course of the season of watching baseball. You can convince me that's like this is in your best interest. Like it's easier for me if you can't if you're a baseball fan. You said, hey, hey, it's easier for me to watch every pitch of Reds baseball now that the games are shorter. It doesn't bleed into dinner time. It doesn't bleed into me putting my kids to bed. It doesn't bleed into like whatever. Okay, going to the games. You're going to do the whole thing. You're getting into the fucking seats. You're getting a hot dog and the game's over. Well, I can get home before fucking bedtime. Okay. Don't go, go to the games on weekends. Then. Yeah. Well, I, I, I countered that. I said, look, man, to me, it's a social slow moving sport. And that's what I've enjoyed about it in my life of the nature of, you know, walking around the park, grabbing some food. Like you don't have to see every pitch. You're catching up with friends or you're on a date, whatever. I was like, that's what made it enjoyable to me. So an extra 30 minutes of my time really doesn't mean much to me personally. Now, some people it might, but I agree. Like in the scheme of things, driving down there, parking the whole nine yards, what is 30 minutes? Like it's nothing. I don't know, but like people all say that they're like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's better. It's shorter. I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't see 30 minutes really affecting me that much. Like an hour's different. If you're talking an hour, like that's a lot of time shaved off 30 minutes. I don't know. 30 minutes flies by. But also four hours to three hours is a different story than like, you know, three hours to two. Like, I don't want to go to an event and have it be over faster. I don't know. There's something to me about when I go to the movies or when I go to a concert or when I go to a baseball game, it's nice to just like not be thinking about your phone and just be like, I'm here at this thing. Yeah. Like yesterday, I played golf. Fun comedians golf uh, round. Me, Laz, Dennis Gubbins, Nate Craig. We went down to the Navy golf course down in Orange County, famous for where Tiger Woods' dad was fucking hookers in the his RV or whatever. And um, there was one point, and I get it. Like some people don't like to be behind slow golfers because it's like fucking up your rhythm and it's affecting your actual game. But um, there was one point where it was like, it was a little bit iffy if we should try to pass the guys in front of us, if we try to play through. Um, and Gubbins like got in the cart and like drove halfway down a fairway to be like, Hey, can we play through you guys? And I was like, well, first of all, this seems like an early call. I was like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I feel like, why don't we just wait? We have a, we have a part three coming up in a couple holes. Why don't we just wait till there, see if we can hit up onto the green with them and then pass them at leisure time. Like it seemed aggressive to go get in your cart and drive halfway down the fairway to talk to these guys about playing through. But my other thought was, dude, we're just like, we. it was a 45 minute drive down there. It's a 45 minute drive back. We're going to have beers after. 
Like, are we really in a rush here? Sure. Like, I get it. It's like, I get it. You get up to play golf at 6 a.m. Trying to get a back nine in before work or something like that. But like, we have blocked out the whole day for this. I'm like, I'm not in a super rush to get out of here. Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't pass them, but like, why don't we pass them when we actually catch them? Yeah. No, I, I understand that. Like, you want to enjoy the experience. Right. You want to crack open some cold Miller lights. You don't want to chug them. You want to just drink them at a normal pace, right? There's no rush. That's what I love about that golf course down there, Andy. They serve Miller lights. Yeah. Yeah. I had a a Miller light cracked before I teed off. I had a Miller light cracked at the turn. And I had a Miller like cracked when I got into the clubhouse. I didn't, I didn't pack any with me because it was a long car ride. But like, it was nice. Every everywhere I was on the course, there was an opportunity to get myself a Miller light. And it was, you know, it's a great day. The one of the term really rejuvenated me. It was a hot day out there. Hits your cold, hits you cold in the chest, and just gives you a wake up call. My my play uh, to start the back nine was strong. Well, no better time to drink Miller Lite than on the golf course. All summer long, so many activities. The pool, the beach, barbecues, you name it. So many opportunities to drink Miller Lights. Guys, with a Miller Lite in your hand, the summer doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Can I shout out our good friends at Miller Lite? They keep dropping these things every day and I keep missing them. Um, they're selling beer uh, ice cubes, beer ice cube trays, small enough so that you can drop them into your beer can. Mm. I love this. Interesting. And then you can, you can crack a Miller Lite pour it into an ice tray, freeze it, and then extra cool your Miller Lite with these little, like, they look like little ice grenades that go into your beer. I love it, but I keep missing out on the drops. Some people are out there waiting for the new Supreme drops and the new, you know, Air Force One drops and whatever. I'm just here trying to get Miller Lite beer ice. Oh, yeah. I'm checking this out now. Okay. That's pretty cool. I see you. I see you, Miller Lite. That's a smart move there. Can we watch a video about something that I saw on Instagram and I can't stop laughing about? Sure. Does it have anything to do with Baby Gronk? No. Okay. Thank God. I did. I did Baby Gronk one episode. I know. Episode. I knew. I knew it had. It had Andy Ruther obsession takeover. It's not. I have not been obsessed with Baby Gronk. I've. I've texted you a few things. I. I no more Baby Gronk. Okay. This one is much better. I've titled it "Fat People versus Little People." Playing soccer. Okay. Shout out to the dirtball who sent me this. And, uh, of course, this would be in Mexico because Mexico is full of fun stuff. Just watch this. Tell me this isn't amazing. 
You know, when you first said it, I was like, ooh, that could make for maybe like a pretty good uh like balance of competition, like super overweight guys and little people. And then just from one clip, I was like, Oh, just the little people got routed, didn't they? This guy. This guy is just exhausting. Look at this is like look at the look at the little guy just like pushing like fully shoving him. He's like, get off the ball. The guy's like, why are you, why are you touching me? It's a nice goal, by the way. <laughs> nice goal. Not too shabby, right? The internet's great, man. That's, I mean, I wish I knew Spanish. I want to know what they're saying. I like how the caption on Instagram is just, what league is this? No one knows. No one will ever know. Yeah. What league this is. I want more of that in my life. Like, like where are they playing this? It sounds, sounds like Mexico. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, like where? I just want to know. Here's you guys what like I love. that? I was just going to stay silent until Andy continued. Here's what I love. You could never do this shit in the United States. Because somebody would be offended. It'd be exploitation of, of large people, exploitation of little people. You couldn't do it. Mexico does not give a shit. Like nobody's complaining over there. Nobody cares. Actually, it seems like there's a lot of sponsors. So, <laughs> like, I'm just gonna say it right now, and I and I know people are like, "Oh, you're just so ignorant, and you don't understand soccer." And the Cincinnati team is in first place right now. Lot, lots going on in Cincinnati sports. I right? know you, you, this is more enjoyable to you than actual soccer. Yeah, like I would, I would rather. Yeah. If, if I had $20, if somebody said, hey, man, it's going to be $20 to go to the Cincinnati FC game and they're in first place or $20 to go to this, it, it's not even a question for me. I would have so much enjoyment and just a smile across my face the whole time watching this. And I'd be laughing. And I'd be like, well, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. I don't think I'd be that way at the at the uh, Cincinnati FC game. I'd be bitching. I'd be like, ah, stop flopping. Stop flopping. What is this shit? Meanwhile, if you went to like an LAFC game, you know who'd be there? All the guys who played on the fat guy team. It's just fat Mexican guys. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe this is like, maybe maybe this is a barrio in LA. Probably not. No, probably not. I'm gonna find out. Can somebody get me this league? I wanna I wanna find out where this is. 
I'm, we might have to make a dirty sports. Maybe that's our thousandth episode. Going to fat guy, little person soccer game. Yeah. In Mexico. Like, I wonder how that works. Like, do you have to be a certain weight to be the fat guy? I don't know. Like, Probably a certain be... BMI. Yeah. Like, you mi- minimum 300 pounds. I wasn't a bad kick. It really wasn't. It was a really great goal, honestly. <laughs> so, if you guys have any whereabouts on this, please, uh, please keep me in the loop. We can, uh, we can figure this out. Okay, we have a lot of calls today because we because we didn't do any last episode. That's right. In fact, we didn't even have a call from Tug last episode. Tug was coming in via <laughs> via International Space Station satellite. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the blame for that. But- I mean, listen, it Tug's connection was pretty good considering he was on a submarine on the way to the Titanic. <laughs> He was was connecting via Elon Musk's Starlink. Yeah. He just. Hey, we don't make fun of Elon Musk on this show. What are you talking about? There's so many Elon Musk fanboys. I can't even like, I just, I'm like, who are you people? No, you're talking about about me. No. I'm a quasi Elon Musk fanboy. I did a joke in my act for a while. I'm just like, I don't remember that. I don't remember growing up in the eighties and having like teenagers be like, Hey, we don't make fun of Lee Iacocca. He's turned around the Ford motor company. Like who are people that stand for like car company billionaires? But I think, I think cause people, I think it's di- like, well, first of all, are you seeing this? But is, I don't know if this is a joke or not. Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk fighting each other. By the way, I'll take Mark Zuckerberg. Round one, Conor McGregor style. No way. Yeah, because he actually like he's out he's there. Only, he's like he's only five eight though. Yeah, but he he's out there. He like, you know, he like paddle boards and surfs, and he's probably doing like Elon Musk. I mean, you talk about the spectrum. Elon Musk is the spectrum. Well, for sure. But I just uh, dude, he's like six two, six two five eight. I mean, it'd be the worst fight ever. I th- Mark Zuckerberg's a guy who's been rich for a while now, and it seems like he like leans. He's like, I'm, I do jujitsu. Yeah, he's leaned into the martial arts. Elon thing. Musk became a billionaire. He's like, I want to smoke weed with Joe Rogan. And they're like, okay, bro. So I tried to listen to Zuckerberg because I was curious, how's he going to be in a long form? I tried to listen when he went on Rogan last year. I'm not saying Elon Musk interviews are great either because they're tough to hear, but like, I didn't think his was any, but like I 30 minutes in, I was just like, both of them are fucking absolute. Like the, the, the I mean, world like universal level, top five dorks of all time. Well, for sure. I mean, all those guys, Bill Gates, I mean, you, you name it. Like that's where you get to that wealth. Cause they're, they're so damn smart and they create things and, I just don't think if it was a fight, I don't think like you're acting like Zuckerberg is just going to No, it's just, but I've seen pictures of him outside. I wonder how much money. Well, first of all, I would, I would pay for a pay-per-view. 
Like if they legit were gonna fight, I would pay for a pay per view. Did one challenge the other? Is that what happened, or did somebody just bring this up? I think somebody brought it up. Can we oh, have the guy? Oh, oh no, 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 no. The can rumor- we have the can we have the announcers who did Fat Boy, Little Person, Soccer as the announcers? I am Space Boy. I don't know how serious this is. This, I mean, this is literally from just a few hours ago. Dana White, Musk, and Zuckerberg dead serious about fighting in UFC octagon. Dana told Harvey on TMZ Live he's been texting with Mark and Elon both Wednesday and Thursday, and both of them want to square off in Vegas. <laughs> There's no fucking way. It all started Wednesday when Musk responded to a report Zuck was going to launch his own version of Twitter, which Elon responded, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. The Facebook founder got wind of the tweet and served up a message of his own, writing, send me location. Nerd fight! <laughs> oh, yeah. Zuckerberg. I'm, I'm looking at photos of Zuckerberg fighting. Dana White is like my friend, my, my good friend Tony, who used to just like walk around high school and he'd go to different nerds and be like, yo, you hear that? That other nerd said he'd fuck your mom. And then next thing you know, by three o'clock, two nerds were fighting on the tennis court. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Tony was like the, he was like the Don he was, King yeah, of nerd he was, fights. He, exactly. Yeah. He, he's just, he, he just Dana, he like Dana White, a Pete Wadsworth, Fred Von Stein fight, you know? That, that, dude, that's like a talent. That's yeah. like that's like a legit gift. He be like, he, he said he'd fuck you up. And he's like, you, what? You say fuck me up? He's like, like yeah, you, dude. You, you get him to actually fight each other. He get him. To I fight didn't each get him. Other. Yeah, he get him to actually fight each other. That's amazing. I remember one time in the nerd fight, somebody kicked another guy and like broke his finger. It was like a. I was like, why are there kicks involved? <laughs> somebody kicked somebody. Kicking. Yeah. That's and a, then that's... the next day, the guy came with like a a, a hand splint. <laughs> no, he he showed up to school with the hand split because <laughs> he had like kicked his like, somebody had their finger kicked off. Now the teachers breaking these up. What are the teachers doing? I mean, I think it was eventually f- broken up by somebody, but yeah, it would be like it would be like it would be like set up. It was like this. It was like time of like cage match, like time like we're gonna go out to the tennis courts behind, behind the school. Dude, I remember in grade school, this girl. She got into it with one of the guys in our class, and she was like, she was like a ratchet girl, like, and like she came from one of those families. Like, her sister was pumping out kids early, and uh, she like started fighting one of the dudes. This is like sixth grade, like a girl I wouldn't fuck with. You know, one of those girls. Like, dude, you're a girl, but I, I wouldn't fuck with you. And uh, he said, she said to him. And this is like pretty graphic for, I'm thinking like I got nephews and nieces in the sixth grade. She said, uh, she said, she was like fucking him up and saying like, I'm like lick my cunt, like saying crazy shit. Like, Whoa. like, like a sixth grader saying lick my cunt. And yeah. I'll never forget. I was like, I was probably just like rooting it on. And we get, we get the teacher yanks us after recess, or whatever yanks us like off into a room to talk. Like who was there? What was going on? And the guy who got his ass kicked was like, he, he looked at the teacher, and I'll never forget this. He looked at the teacher, and he goes, and then Kim told me 
to lick her cunt. And then he looks at the teacher dead serious and he goes, which is the vagina. And the teacher goes, I know what it is, Kenny. <laughs> like he was explaining, told Amazing. me to lick her cunt, which is the vagina. <laughs> like he just thought the teacher had no clue what a cunt was. This is what's going to happen at the Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg fight. Be like, and then he said that, Lick my cut, which is about, like we know, Elon. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just saying. I don't know. Well, okay, we have a confirmation of the league. I'm putting it up there. It's the Uber Eats League. Okay. Makes sense. Oh, what? That's the soccer league? No, I mean, he's making a joke. Oh. Because they're large. Good one. Good one, Gene. I like that one. That's a good joke. All right, let's get to some calls. 310 359 Eight three six five. That is our hotline, and uh, we might start with a call from a Prano relative here. Oh, I've I've I got a, I got messages about this. Yeah, your nephew called in. Uh, Uncle Joey, who do you think is going rookie offensive rookie of the year? I think it's be B. John Robinson Jr. because he has he got drafted to the Falcons. But, yeah, they don't have a really good line. But if you want behind Chris Lindstorm, he could get at least five yards per play, which is going to get him a lot of carries. Because the only other guy they could possibly run to is Cordell Patterson, who gets hurt a lot. And they don't have that many good receivers, so they're not going to be in the passing game that much. Also, he's quick and fast. And Andy Ruther smells. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder who told your nephew to say that at the end. I like how there's a delay. Yeah. He's getting he's getting definitely getting information from your brother. I love that. So and so NFL offensive rookie of the year. So so what's your nephew's na- name? That's Michael Jr., aka Deuce. That's Deuce. Okay. So Deuce thinks I mean it's a pretty good take. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that's weird. I, I think it is a really good take because it it seems like when it comes to these awards, like it's everything's become such a quarterback award now, like the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, whatever. But when it comes to like offensive rookie of the year, they love giving it to like receivers and they love giving it to running backs. Yeah, they do. Um to me, uh Bijan Robinson is a nice pick. I don't know what the Vegas odds are on um him but like if they were exceptionally higher than some of the quarterbacks i think it's a nice play if it's right there with them i think probably the other guy that obviously jumps out to you is like a bryce young on a panthers team that could compete you know in in a bad division like like Bijan robinson nice nice play but when you look at saints falcons Bucks, Panthers. Like, if the Panthers are even a wild card team, let alone win the division, you could pretty much lock it in to be Bryce Young, right? Yeah, hundred percent. But I like. I would say either of those two guys. I, I I think Bryce Young probably the best chance in terms of a quarterback. I don't love the C.J. Stroud. I don't love the Anthony Richardson. I mean, like, I I, I like. 
those guys potential with their with the teams that they're on but like in terms of competing in terms of whatever um i'm trying to think is there a standout receiver that would be in the mix is there somebody that got paired with a great qb that could potentially be pull it up here I already don't remember. Well, you had a lot of receivers. You had, but they were they were later, right? So your first receiver taken was. Is it Jackson Smith? Yeah, to Seattle. Yeah, I'm to me if I have money to spread around, I'd go Bijan Robinson and Bryce Young. Cuz then yeah, then you Honestly, have... I just I just pulled it up. Offensive rookie of the year odds, Bijan Robinson, the best odds. 3 to 1. Bryce Young 4 and a half to 1, and then it jumps up to 9 to 1 with CJ Stroud and Richardson. Do you think your nephew listens to the show? Uh, it's a little inappropriate right at times. No, I don't know. I hope he didn't hear that part about uh me explaining the, the grade school fight. A little graphic language for him. Just know that it is the vagina, though. <laughs> I also I'll take my nephew over Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg in the cage match. Mm. You should put out the feeler to Dana White on that one. Yeah. Or your buddy. Your buddy seems I mean he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Okay. Here is, let's see if you remember this. This one is a big callback for you. Ooh, okay. Andy and Joe, this is Zach Olmstead, formerly number one New York City dirtball, 315 dirtball, and now number one brain surgeon dirtball. I'm just calling to say, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry I let my wingman down. I thought I'd never let a wingman down. But that night, before you met the entire UCLA women's soccer team, I had gone home to go to school. I put my nose to the grindstone, and I got to work. And look at me now. It comes full circle. One of three brain surgery residents at UCLA. Now the world is our oyster, my man. Soccer team, we got them. Volleyball team, we got them. Let's go Bruins. Santa Monica Boulevard, where you at? Times up for USC. Stay dirty. Three one five. Peace. I love that Zach Holmes said out here at at UCLA now in LA. It'll be good to it'll be good to hang with Zach. But yeah, that was one of the first. I don't know if it was the first time I met Zach. It might have been the second. But yeah, he banned me one night. And you know what? He it was great. We had a great night. He came out. I think he brought a friend to the show. I'm. Mean, this is a long time ago now. Brought a friend. We had a great time. He came to the show down on the Lower East Side. Good night. And you know what? I Every time I think about that. Years ago. Yeah. Every time I think about that, I think about the scene in Top Gun where um, where uh, uh, a jester comes into the locker room and he goes, that's some of the best flying I've seen yet. Right up until the point where you got killed. Never, never leave your wingman. And that's how exactly how I feel about Zach. That was some of the best night. That was some of the most fun I've ever had. Right up until you got killed. Never, never leave your wingman. 
And now he's at UCLA. Yeah. So that was the night there was soccer player girls you guys had met. Like literally the whole UCLA women's soccer team that were like in New York on spring break. It was wild. Mm. That sounds like a party. Yeah. And then Zach got essentially uh, ice manned in the final scene of Top Gun. He got hit. He was out. And then it was just me in a dog fight versus all the MIGs myself. And just like Maverick, I won. Didn't uh, didn't Yoshi sleep on his couch one time? Did he? I don't know. In, I wouldn't be the, surprised, though. In New York? I would not be surprised. Yoshi texted me recently. I don't know what he's got going on. He's like, can I call you tomorrow? And I was like, this is like two weeks ago. I was like, yeah. And then he, and then he never called me. But I, but I think he's he's promoting something. He's like, I got somebody who'd be great for dirty sports. <laughs> if you, let me ask you something, when the submarine story broke, and you first started reading it, and you got to the names of the people listed, if Yoshi was one of them, would you have been super shocked? Oh, I'd have been like, oh my god, Yoshi's gonna die on that submarine. He wouldn't even be phased either. Yeah. He wouldn't even be phased. I don't know what he's doing. But he, he doesn't he, know what he's doing. Well, I think it looks like he's doing his rounds, though. I don't know if he's doing it on podcast or what. I feel like he's promoting. Oh, is this the video? Because this one says Yoshi Obayashi. AKA Perv Hunter. <laughs> what? Perv Hunter. And then the next one, he's with. Uh, it looks like he's on your mom's house podcast. I, I I don't know. Who knows what Yoshi's up to? God, he posts a lot on Instagram, huh? He posted fifty five hundred times. I don't know if I follow him. Let me see. I mean, I must, but I also might have him blocked, or I might have him muted. Yoshi Obayashi. I follow him. Let me see. Uh, do I not have him muted? You know what's funny about Yoshi? Yoshi uses Instagram how people would use Twitter. Yeah. Like that, that like that's what's going on there. Muted oh. accounts. Here we go. Let's see if he's let's see if he's in there. He's not. Somehow though, I just don't see Yoshi's post. I mean, I think probably because I don't interact with them. Yeah, well, you're not like, hey. Uh, now that I've searched for him, he'll probably come up. Yeah, now you're going to know exactly where Tracy Lawrence had her first period. Because <laughs> Yoshi's going to, like, visit it. Like, oh, this is the grade school bathroom where she first started menstruating as a woman. And menstruating is when their vagina bleeds. I know, Yoshi. <laughs> Uh, okay, now here is an interesting call that we'll wrap yeah. it up with. I'll be curious what you say about this because this is a no-brainer for me. Ruther, CC Parkinson from Seattle Life, from Seattle Crack fan, calling in. Uh, happy Father's Day, Ruther. Oh man, I'm gonna just sank a shot at the U.S. Open. Sorry. Um, happy Father's Day, Ruther. Uh, quick question. Um, I was out there practicing for Hoop Fest, biggest outdoor basketball three-on-three 
tournament in the world in Spokane, Washington this upcoming weekend. Any dirt balls in the Spokane area, hit me up. Come watch me play some b-ball. I'll buy you Miller Lite. Um, but here's the question. I am equidistance from two parks, both with basketball hoops. One park, no nets. Another park, double rims. It's fucked. What's, the, what's worse, no nets or double rims? The worst part is the park with double rims is nice and flat. They have lines drawn on the court, good backboards, but I can't stand a double rim. But also I can't stand no net. Let me know what you think. Stay dirty. I mean, for me, this is no brainer. You go double rim over no net. No way. What? You go double rim over no oh, net? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. uh, listen, he came in with some other like oh, yeah. he came in with some other ancillary information. He came in with like, oh, this one's flatter. There's lines drawn. There's a better backboard. Those are all factors, I guess, if I was deciding between these two places. But if you're putting out there for me, no net or double rim, I'm going no net. 100% of the time. I want to hear double, the swish. I want to hear the swish. But the, we're, we're talking about. Like one is you're missing some part of the hoop that like doesn't actually affect your shot. I mean, it might affect your vision and it certainly affects like the, it, it affects whether or not, you know, it goes in and then you don't get the swish sound and whatever the double rim is it's, it's, it's a fraud. It's not a real, it's not real. It's not, that's not what's, how, what's the not, purpose of the double rims. I have no fucking idea. I've never understood it. I can't believe it's a thing. I think maybe it's like sturdier for people who are fucking hanging on rims and shit like that. Double rims is sacrilege. Whoever invented the, like, I feel like the, the Dr. James Naismith, wherever he may be buried, I feel like right before the guy who launched the double rim into the world went and urinated on that gravesite. What were you doing, sir? I'd love to know if you Google double rim basketball hoop purpose. I'm Googling it right now. Double rims have two main advantages. One durability and shooting improvement. Double rims, which of course this makes sense, break less easily and are harder to rip down, making them an excellent choice for public courts. They also serve as a training aid as the thicker rim forces players to shoot with greater precision and a higher yeah, arc. I don't want I, I'm not I'm not trying I fully to disagree it. with you here. Like fully. A training aid? A fucking I, I want a net, man. I want when I swish that shot, I want to hear it. But you're not it. swishing the shot on the double fucking rim because the goddamn thing's like a, a carnival rim. <laughs> They're like, oh, if you can make three out of five, you get this gigantic bear. But it's a double rim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going double rim all day. I'm gonna put this out. I'm gonna put this out there. That'll be our question on Spotify. That'll be the question on the poll. This it's honestly like saying like, uh, yeah, I can't even like it's one for me. It's one hundred percent like. See, it's still I'm one hundred percent the other way. I know, but I'm but like, dude, with no net. Come on. But also, you can do something about no net. Go fucking put your own net up. Bring yeah, but net. no, but 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 hold on. But that's that's not no. You can't do that. that's not part of the equation. The equation is you're either going to play on a double rim or you're going to play with no net. I'm playing with no net for sure. Okay, I'm not. I'm going double rim. A double rim is like I see it and I just go fuck this place. 
Really? I can't believe that. I, I would have thought you would have been the neck guy. No way. Double rims are are just the like it's offensive to me. Okay. Now let me ask you something. If you had the choice, chain net or regular net? I was just thinking about chain nets. This that's funny you say that. Chain nets are the fucking bomb. Chain nets gangster, man. Chain nets gangster as fuck. I was just thinking like I want to play on a chain net. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. I don't know when the last time I played on a chain net. I'm shocked they don't have chain nets down at the Venice Beach courts. Oh, uh, so many hands will be ripped off. Too much, too much, too much fuckery happening down at Venice Beach. You go, you'd come down there in the morning for like a 5 a.m. surf, and there'd be a homeless guy hanging by his arm from a chain net. <laughs> like some sort of medieval fucking torture device. Remember that, remember that homeless guy with, with one arm was playing Lamar Odom down there? Yeah. When Pat McAfee was doing a thing with Lamar? That that gets lost in the mix of all this. That a homeless guy was playing with Lamar Odom just with no one paying attention on that court. Wild. Like, I watched that footage recently, and I was like, this is some bizarre shit. Like, I bet you if I re-release that, it would get traction. Don't you think? Yeah. Just like homeless guy with one foot playing basketball with Lamar Odom. No context. People are just like, what is happening here? Like, are they playing a game of horse? Like, what is going on here? Is it Eddie Curry who lost his foot to diabetes? <laughs> Diabetes. And sugar foot. Give us a ring. 310-359-8365. That's the hotline. Follow us on social. We're at the Dirty Sports on all things social. I'm at Joe Prano on all things social, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Still at Fix Your Life and Twitter, but uh, follow my Substack free subscription. Uh, subscribe to Dirty Slides. We're putting out an episode this afternoon to go a little bit more in depth on these this exciting and uh, surprising baseball season. I got shows coming up this weekend in Ventura, Copa Comedy Club in Ventura this Friday and Saturday. Um, July uh, will be in and around Los Angeles. End of July slash early August. First weekend in August, Atlantic City Comedy Club in Atlantic City. And on and on from there, all on JoePano.com forward slash shows or just follow my Instagram. You know, I put it all on there. All right, guys, that's our show. Thanks for sticking with us. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. And as always, stay dirty.